Chapter Fifteen of Ronicky Doone. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Rowdy Delaney, Idaho, USA. Ronicky Doone, by Max Brand, Chapter Fifteen, The Girl Thief. Before the death sentence had been passed on him, Ronicky Doone stood before the door of his room, with the trembling girl beside him. "'Wait here,' he whispered to her. "'Wait here while I go in and wake him up. It's going to be the greatest moment in his life. Bill Gregg is going to turn into the richest man in New York all in one moment. But I don't dare go in. It will mean—it will mean everything. But it's too late to turn back now. Besides, in your heart of hearts, you don't want to turn back, you know. Quickly he passed into the room and hurried to the bed of Bill Gregg. Under the biting grip of Doone's hand, Bill Gregg writhed to a sitting posture with a groan. Still he was in the throes of his dream, and only half awake. I've lost her, he whispered. You're wrong, idiot, said Ronicky softly. You're wrong. You've won her. She's at the door now, waiting to come in. Ronicky, said Bill Gregg, suddenly awake, you've been the finest friend a man ever had. But if you make a joke out of her, I'll wring your neck. Sure you would, but before you do that, jump into your clothes and open the door. Sleep was still thick enough in the brain of Bill Gregg to make him obey automatically. He stumbled into his clothes and then shambled dizzily to the door and opened it. As the light from the room struck down the hall, Ronicky saw his friend stiffen to his full height and strike a hand across his face. "'Stars and stripes!' exclaimed Bill Gregg. "'The days of miracles ain't over!' Ronicky Doone turned his back and went to the window. Across the street rose the forbidden face of the house of John Mark, and it threatened Ronicky Doone like a clenched hand, brandished against him. The shadow under the upper gable was like the shadow under a frowning brow. In that house worked the mind of John Mark. Certainly Ronicky Doone had won the first stage of the battle between them, but there was more to come, much more of that battle, and who would win in the end was an open question. He made up his mind grimly that, whatever happened, he would first ship Bill Gregg and the girl out of town, then act as the rear guard to cover their retreat. When he returned, they had closed the door and were standing back from one another, with such shining eyes that the heart of Ronicky Doone leaped. If, for a moment, doubt of his work came to him, it was banished as they glanced toward him. I don't know how he did it, Bill Gregg was stammering, but here it is, done. Bless you, Ronicky. A minute ago, Ronicky said, it looked to me like the lady didn't know her own mind, but that seems to be over. I found my mind in the moment I saw him, said the girl. Ronicky studied her in wonder. There was no embarrassment, no shame to have confessed herself. She had the clear brow of a child. Suddenly it seemed to Ronicky that he had become an old man, and these were two children under his protection. He struck into the heart of the problem at once. The main point, he said, is to get the two of you out of town as quick as we can. Out west in Bill's country he can take care of you, but back here this John Mark is a devil, and has the strength to stop us. How quick can you go, Carolyn? I can never go, she said, as long as John Mark is alive. Then he's as good as dead, said Bill Gregg. 
We both have guns, and no matter how husky John Mark may be, we'll get him. The girl shook her head. All the joy had gone out of her face, and left her wistful and misty-eyed. You don't understand, and I can't tell you. You can never harm John Mark. Why not? asked Bill Gregg. Has he got a thousand men around him all the time? Even if he has, there's ways of getting at him. Not a thousand men, said the girl. But, you see, he doesn't need help. He's never failed. That's what they say of him. John Mark, the man who has never lost. Listen to me, said Ronicky angrily. Seems to me that everyone stands around and gapes at this man with the sneer a terrible lot, without a pile of good reason behind him. Never failed? Why, lady, here's one night when he's failed, and failed bad. He's lost you. No, said Carolyn. Not lost you? asked Bill Gregg. Say, you ain't figuring on going back to him. I have to go back. Why? demanded Gregg. It's because of you, interrupted Ronicky Doone. She knows that if she leaves you, Mark will start on your trail. Mark is the name of the gent with the sneer, Bill. He's got to die, then, Ronicky. I've been figuring on the same thing for a long time, but he'll die hard, Bill. Don't you see? asked the girl. Both of you are strong men and brave, but against John Mark, I know that you're helpless. It isn't the first time people have hated him. Hated? Who does anything but hate him? But that doesn't make any difference. He wins. He always wins, and that's why I've come to you. She turned to Bill Gregg, but such a sad resignation held her eyes that Ronicky Doone bowed his head. I've come to tell you that I love you, that I have always loved you, since I first began writing to you. All of yourself showed through your letters, plain and strong and simple and true. I've come tonight to tell you that I love you, but that we can never marry. Not that I fear him for myself, but for you. Listen here, said Bill Gregg. Ain't there police in this town? What could they do? In all of the things which he has done, no one has been able to accuse him of a single illegal act. At least no one has ever been able to prove a thing. And yet he lives by crime. Does that give you any idea of the sort of man he is? A low hound, said Bill Gregg bitterly. That's what he shows to be. Tell me straight, said Ronicky. What sort of hold has he got over you? Can you tell us? I have to tell you, said the girl gravely, if you insist. But won't you take my word for it and ask no more? We have a right to know, said Ronicky. Bill has a right, and me being Bill's friend, I have a right too. She nodded. First off, what's the way John Mark uses you? She clenched her hands. If I tell you, you will both despise me. Try us, said Ronicky. And you can lay to this, lady, that when a gent out of the West says partner to a girl or a man, he means it. What you do may be bad. What you are is all right. We both know it. The inside of you is right, lady, no matter what John Mark makes you do. But tell us straight, what is it? He has made me, said the girl, her head falling, a thief. Ronicky saw Bill Gregg wince, as if someone had struck him in the face. And he himself waited, curious to see what the big fellow would do. He had not long to wait. Gregg went straight to the girl and took her hands. Do you think that makes any difference? he asked. Not to me, and not to my friend Ronicky. There's nothing behind it. Tell us that. 
"'There is something behind it,' said the girl, "'and I can't say how grateful I am to both of you for trusting me. "'I have a brother. He came to New York to work, "'found it easy to spend money, and spent it. "'Finally he began sending home for money. "'We are not rich, but we gave him what we could. "'It went on like that for some time. "'Then one day a stranger called at our house, "'and it was John Mark. "'He wanted to see me, and when we talked together,' He told me that my brother had done a terrible thing. What it was, I can't even tell you. I wouldn't believe at first, though he showed me what looked like proofs. At last I believed enough to agree to go to New York and see for myself. I came here and saw my brother and made him confess. What it was, I can't tell you. I can only say that his life is in the hand of John Mark. John Mark has only to say ten words, and my brother is dead. He told me that. He showed me the hold that Mark had over him, and begged me to do what I could for him. I didn't see how I could be of use to him, but John Mark showed me. He taught me to steal, and I have stolen. He taught me to lie, and I have lied. And he has me still in the hollow of his hand. Do you see? And that's why I say it's hopeless. Even if I could fight against John Mark, which no one can, you couldn't help me. THE MOMENT YOU STRIKE HIM, HE STRIKES MY BROTHER. CURSE HIM, EXCLAIMED RONICKY. CURSE THE HOUND. THEN HE ADDED, THERE'S JUST ONE THING TO DO, FIRST OF ALL. YOU GOT TO GO BACK TO JOHN MARK. TELL HIM THAT YOU CAME OVER HERE. TELL HIM THAT YOU SEEN BILL GREGG, BUT YOU ONLY CAME TO SAY GOOD-BYE TO HIM, AND ASK HIM TO LEAVE TOWN AND GO WEST. THEN, TOMORROW, WE'LL MOVE OUT, AND HE MAY THINK THAT WE'VE GONE. MEANTIME, THE THING YOU DO IS GIVE ME THE NAME OF YOUR BROTHER AND TELL ME WHERE I CAN FIND HIM. I'LL HUNT HIM UP. MAYBE SOMETHING CAN BE DONE FOR HIM. I DON'T KNOW, BUT THAT'S WHERE WE'VE GOT TO TRY. BUT, SHE BEGAN, DO WHAT HE SAYS, WHISPERED BILL GREGG. I'VE DOUBTED RONICKY BEFORE, BUT LOOK AT ALL HE'S DONE. DO WHAT HE SAYS, CAROLYN. IT MEANS PUTTING HIM IN YOUR POWER, SHE SAID AT LAST, JUST AS HE WAS PUT IN THE POWER OF JOHN MARK, BUT I TRUST YOU. Give me a slip of paper, and I'll write on it what you want. End of chapter 15